Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am nothing short of thrilled to be joined today by ESPN's Nick Wagner, the great, the talented, the handsome, the amazing, the fabulous Nick Wagner. Did I hit everything? Oh, the funny. You're so funny. Just You're right. Intelligent, but yeah, whatever, I guess. Modest. <laughs> Humble as can be. Right, right. You got almost got all of them. No, it's, it, it's good to be here as always, Tracy. Well, I have invited you back because the 49ers start OTAs next week. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and no one can see me, but I just put my hands in the air like a cheerleader. Like, Yay! Uh, but they started OTAs next week and wanted to kind of preview that, talk a little bit about the state of the 49ers. Quarterback, still a little bit of a mystery and probably will be for quite some time. But you know what? Let's jump in and talk quarterbacks because that's what everybody seems like talking about anyways. Uh, there are three of them, potentially, who could be the starters depending on health. Well, multi- I guess there are lots, that, but three in theory who could potentially be the starters depending on health. You know, next week, we still won't really have any more information on Brock Purdy. Yes, apparently the rehab's going well, but they won't really know anything until he can throw a football and not a towel. But what is this offseason going to be like? Because there is nothing like offseason quarterback drama in the 49ers, and they thrive on it. Yeah, no no two things go together better than those those things, at least since John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan got here. There's been something every offseason quarterback related, and this year may be the most fascinating of all. But Let's start with Brock Purdy. We are closing in Tracy on that 12 week mark for him. So which is, yeah. Which, you know, John Lynch has told us at the owners meetings and it has been said multiple times that that is when they get to that point where they will have a much better idea of a timeline for when he will be able to be back. Now I actually have a story, a cheap plug. Here's a story coming out next week on that kind of goes deep into the, what the surgery is that Brock Purdy had what the recovery is like. So it could actually be a little earlier that he starts the throwing program. It could be 10 weeks, somewhere in the 10 to 12 week range. So we're getting real close to that time where Brock Purdy be able to start throwing. And once he does that, it is a throwing regiment that's set up that he literally will start by throwing a football that weighs half of what a normal football weighs Uh, little things like that. And there's, there's give and take things that he's been doing. A lot of what he's been doing over the last couple of months is flexion things, range of motion, all of that. And once he gets back to throwing that throwing program, then they'll have a better idea of if he'll be back in a six month time window, a seven month time window, it could be even a little bit shorter. In, mm-hmm. in fact, the doctor who pioneered this surgery, the first patient he ever did it on was a quarterback. I'm sorry. It was a baseball pitcher. And he was back in five months and three days. Oh, wow. Uh, Bet online is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action today, head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code believe B L E A V to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet online where the game starts. That's why you're kind of seeing some optimism, growing optimism within the 49ers that it could be a little bit earlier than maybe what a strict six month timeline might be. The alternative is, is if he comes back and has some issues when he starts throwing or whatever, it could be a little bit longer. So to your point, we still don't know. We're getting really close to finding out. And I think once we get that things will crystallize at least a little bit more, because I think the one thing we can confidently say, as we sit here right now is that when Brock Purdy, if, and when he's healthy, he is the guy that they believe in the most to be the starting quarterback. And um, people can disagree with that. And I understand that that's fair. There's a lot invested in Trey Lance. I, I, I get all that. Um, but that is how they feel about him uh, publicly, privately, no matter what he is, that he is their guy. And he's going to have that first opportunity in the meantime, uh, as we get to OTAs here next week, I think it'll be really interesting just to see how they divvy up reps between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. It sounds like they're both going to get opportunities, which isn't unusual actually uh, in OTAs. They usually let everybody kind of run. There's no set starters or anything. Everybody's kind of running with whoever and, and they're just kind of doing install and getting some of the basics down. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they do it, but I don't know it's gonna, that it's going to tell us a whole lot about what's going to actually happen uh, when we get to training camp in the season. No, I don't think it will, but it will be interesting. At least for us, it'll be our first opportunity to actually see Sam Darnold throw uh, in person. I mean, obviously sometimes we've seen him in games, but in the, as a 49er, uh, we'll get to see him throw. So that in theory will be interesting. That'll certainly set the Twitters a buzz. So we'll have that going for us, but it will be interesting to see how they divvy up the reps. It's the race for QB two may end up being the most interesting race at all as of all, uh, because you're right. If Brock Purdy is healthy, then that kind of crystallizes that, but we have a long way to go. And something tells me we won't really know anything until training camp starts. Yeah. And to your point, the race for number two is ostensibly the race for number one, at least until we know what Purdy's situation is. And that's, that's, what's so funny about this whole thing is, you know, I remember when the, when the Niners signed Sam Darnold, a lot of people looked at his contract, like, boy, that's, that's a lot of money. That's not a number three. That's not a number three money. And it's like, well, he's not number number three as we sit here right now. Cause at that point, Trey Lance hadn't even been cleared. He's number right. one. Right. So, like, right. you know, there's, there's this like huge scale of the way things can go. But I think a couple of things that are going to be really interesting, you know, from everything I understand and, and what has been said publicly and, and privately is that Trey Lance is feeling better than he, than he has at any point uh, in a long since, since before he hurt that finger uh, way back in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, I know you do there obviously Trey Lance in his first training camp was very good the first weeks like to the point where the 49ers were like whoa this guy is is a little bit ahead of the curve of what we thought we were he hurt that finger things started to go downhill and he never really bounced back and then even last year I don't know that he was fully back uh healthy and his mechanics and all that were where he wanted them to be and so I think they feel really good about where he is from a health standpoint but I also think they feel like they need him to be in a competitive environment like he was in that rookie season because it brought out the best in him. And last year, I think we would all agree that he didn't play that well in training camp. He wasn't that great on the practice field. And that could have been a product of that. It could have been a product of them saying, you're our guy. Well, it's, you know, even, even if it's subconscious, which I'm sure was, it's easy to rest on your laurels a little bit when you, when something is, is kind of handed to you in that way. And so um, I think that this is going to be a good situation for Trey Lance where they're, they're kind of sparking him to, you know, Hey, there's going to be some push and pull here with Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold's got to learn the offense too. So it's not like he's going to jump right in and light the world on fire, but there's going to be that competitive environment, which, which brought the best out of Trey 
in his first training camp. And I think they're hoping we'll do that again this year as he comes back from another injury. You don't think having Jimmy Garofalo slyly throwing on a side field was a competitive environment? Yeah, no. It was just a weird environment. Right. It might've been competitive for someone, but not necessarily the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> so. so bizarre. Uh, but they finally have moved on. Even though Fortnite's will have joint practices with the Raiders. It's, right out of the gate too. First right thing out you the see. Gate. It's really, it's kind of like there was the breakup. Then there was like, you know what? No, no, let's give it another try. And then it's like, all right, we really are breaking up. That being said, we had paid for this vacation so maybe we should just go on it and then we can really say goodbye. And I have to say that I stole that from a colleague who said that to me, but I don't know if I'm, if he would want me to repeat who it is, but I'm just going to say that I stole that from a colleague and it's that's pretty, pretty good. That's pretty Yeah, No, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It is funny the way that works that he'll be the first, the first quarterback they see, and he will be throwing on another field, like a side, <laughs> a field aside from them during training camp again. So we just get to come right back around full circle and, uh, maybe Jimmy can actually say his goodbyes to the media again this time. So. Yeah, that would be great. The, the first goodbye was so heartfelt and the second one didn't happen. So that would right, right. not heartfelt at all because it didn't exist. That never <laughs> happened. So let's move on from quarterbacks because we could talk about it all day long as everybody is apt to do, but we really don't have any more information than what we just discussed. So let's move on. Uh, Javon Hargrave, obviously the biggest off season signing for the 49ers, a huge signing a somewhat surprise signing. Should be the first time that we get to see him, you know, out, out there with the team uh, next week at OTAs. And I'm just I'm just excited to kind of see how he fits in with this defensive line. I, I'm kind of excited to see him with Chris Kacarek just because Chris Kacarek is kind of fun to listen to and watch in a practice. Uh, but what are you expecting to see from him? I know we won't see a lot, but kind of what are you expecting? Yeah, I mean, I presume I presume he'll be there. He has been around during in the offseason program from what, you know, guys like Fred Warner and some of his team mates have, have said, uh, said to us, so obviously these are not mandatory. So theoretically he doesn't have to be there if he, if he doesn't want to be, but um, I, I would imagine that he is. And a lot of times guys like that, when they're in their first year and they sign a new contract, they want to come in, they want to get the lay of the land. They want to know their new teammates. They want to, you know, get to know their coaches. Like you said, learn the defense, all those types of things. So yeah, with, with him, it's just going to be a, a matter of, you know, kind of slotting in. And I don't, I don't think there's any question about what his role is going to be. It's he's the three technique defensive tackle. He's going to line up there and uh, they're going to let him, you know, wind him up and let him go and do his thing. And so um, I, I don't know. I don't know that we'll glean a whole lot from these. Obviously they're not wearing pads or anything like that, but um, you know, it's always fun to kind of watch new guys, how they re- especially with this locker room, mm-hmm. how they, re- how they react, because this is just, it's, it's a, it's a locker room with so many personalities and, and most locker rooms are, but this one in particular, where, you know, in one room, you, you're one, one corner, you've got, you know, wrestling superstar, George Kittle. And then ne- right next to him is like soft-spoken superstar, Christian McCaffrey. And then, you know, Trent Williams, like the most imposing human being on the planet, but also like one of the friendliest guys you'll ever meet. And, you know, like it's just all these different kind of like, you know, this melting pot of personalities. And um, so it's always kind of fun to watch those guys, you know, kind of figure it out and, and how they interact and who they're close with and who they go to and see, you know, even, even little things, I don't think Nick Bosa will be there, but if he is, you know, maybe he'll make a surprise appearance. Um, But if he is, you know, just something like watching him and Hargrave talking off to the side, talking to shop, talking about Mm -hmm. games and stunts and all the things that uh, they can do, you know, those are, those are just little things that you always pick up on a practice field and file away for later. Even if you're not necessarily, you know, writing the story or, or talking about it or whatever. That is, that is the thing about OTAs. I think from our perspective, there is so much of being able to kind of file away for later and, and getting prepared for the season. Someone asked me once if I just go to practice because I like it. I was like, well, it is. 
it is a laugh a minute. But <laughs> that being said, it's really how I prepare, how we all prepare for the season. It's not just the players, but it is. No, it, it, it's 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 an interesting thing because when when I was coming up in this business, uh, the first 10, 12 years, I had coaches who had open practices year round. So wow. I get to watch entire practices during the regular season. Now you would have media guidelines that you would have to follow. Like a couple of coaches. I remember in, in St. Louis, it was, if you want, if you, once you come to practice, if you leave, you can't come back in, um, things like that. You can't, you know, you can't tweet. Obviously you can't tweet out things that you see. But I, I remember in St. Louis, when Jeff Fisher was there. He was the last coach I covered who uh, had open practices. And there was a practice where a week of practice where Aaron Donald and Greg Robinson, they're, they're both their rookie years mm-hmm. were with the starters for the first time. I mean, I was like, Oh, these guys are going to start this week. It's, it's very clear. Myself and Jim Thomas, the St. Louis post-dispatch were basically the only guys who were regularly there, but definitely the only two that paid attention to practice. Mm-hmm. We knew, we knew, right. And you can we couldn't put it out there, but you know, we talked to Fisher off to the side and he said something, Hey, you know, if you guys want to put something Sunday morning, like I'm okay with that. You guys are out attention and that's okay. And we talked to Donald in the locker room and all this stuff. And they made their first start that week. I think it was actually a Monday night game. Uh, now that I think about it, but um, anyway, I say all that to say that there's a lot that you can learn from practice just by paying attention. And, and you know, you don't necessarily have to take copious notes, but there are little things. Boy, training camp is certainly better for that for us than, mm-hmm. than OTAs are. I'm not a huge OTA person, but certainly more interesting than, you know, mini camp, for example. Then did you say rookie mini camp, for example? Yes, yes. Well, yes. that being said, you brought up rookie oh, no. mini camp, so you really have no one to blame for it but yourself. Since really we have we had rookie mini camp, and I have not actually talked to the listeners since we watched rookie mini camp practice. I've talked to them since I did my five fun facts with the rookie draft picks, uh, but I have not talked to them since we watched rookie mini camp. And there is a very important rookie, all Michigan bias aside. There is a very important rookie for the 49ers. It was their one glaring needed starter. Now they got their kicker. What were your first impressions of Jake Moody? I'm not going to do this with you, Tracy. You I'm not going to. Do I don't have to, to do anything. No, I'm not. I am not going to feed into your your Jake Moody mania. I'm going to let you. That's going to be your thing. We've made this. Moody program. mania actually is a this great. Is, this is nothing against Jake. He seems like a fine human being and, and a, a good kicker and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to feed this, Tracy. We're going to. Uh, you know. In fact, I will. Go, I will say this, and then you'll actually like this. Unfortunately, but one of the players who stood out to me in the rookie mini camp, but again, I don't take a whole lot from it because it's just rookies Ronnie playing Bell. against rookies. Was Ronnie Bell? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought. I thought he looked. Very smooth, uh, good route runner. A lot of the things that you saw um, kind of in his, you know, on the positive side for him when you're looking at like draft profiles and, and watching him and stuff like that uh, showed up at least in that that early phase. But um, that is the extent of my Michigan commenting for this podcast. Well, I will say one thing about, about Ronnie Bell, and this is not any Bell mania. It doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue like Moody mania, let's be honest. But I think the thing with Ronnie Bell is in his final season, he was still recovering from an ACL injury. And before that injury, he was an integral part of the Michigan offense. So I do think he has the potential to surprise some people as a seventh round draft pick potentially could be a good backup punt returner, but he did, he did have an excellent practice. Even if I didn't go to Michigan, I would have noticed that, but he did have an excellent practice that day. And he, and he you know, I think a receiver is a really fascinating position for me. I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, but just the future of the position for the 49ers right now is, is interesting. And there's a path to a roster spot here right now 
for Ronnie mm-hmm. Bell, where he'd be, you know, let's say the sixth receiver on the roster. But as early as next year, it could be like number three. I mean, like, yeah. there's there's so many different what permutations of the way it could play out. And Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, are they going to be able to afford both? I think they they obviously are going to do it at least for this year. I think they could afford it for one more year in theory if they signed Ayuk to an extension and dropped his first year cap number down. But at some point, they're probably not going to be able to afford both mm-hmm. of those guys. Uh, Juwan Jennings is a restricted free agent next year. Are they going to want to pay him what the restricted number is? Could they bring him back into the lesser? No, you know all those all those different things. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is a free agent after after this year, unrestricted. So that room could look very different. And and I think the 49ers are in this, this is a bigger, you know, kind of bigger picture conversation here, but I think they're in this window right now where they're obviously trying to win a super bowl, but I think they've got about a two year window with the current nucleus, the yes. guys that they have right now. And that nucleus is going to change a little bit, probably starting as soon as next off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they need to jump through that window before it closes or they need some of these other young guys to kind of keep emerging. And that's kind of what they've been able to have here over the last few years where their window has extended because some of those younger guys have been better. And the other thing that falls into that two-year window is, is they have two more years of Brock Purdy at literally the cheapest contract that is a, a drafted rookie can have. Um, and that's not a coincidence either that they can afford to have all that other star power if he's the guy. Um, and, and of course, if he is the guy, Two years from now, they're going to pay him and they'll be happy to do it. It probably means he did really good things and they won a lot of games, but um, it's, it's a really fascinating kind of just, you know, I think my wide receiver I look at is like a microcosm of what the macro is for this whole team right now. And the window is something that I've been talking about on this podcast. And I think it's a sense of urgency that you really felt as soon as they lost the Eagles, in the NFC championship game and the signing of Javon Hargrave and really every, everything they've done, they know there's a window. They know there was a timetable here. And I agree with you, it's one to two years and they're going to do everything they can to make it happen, which I think Trey Lance becomes interesting to me because for all of the trade rumors and, and all of that, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I was going to say hooli booly, but I don't think that's it. But hooli booly. Well, I was going to say silliness, but then that didn't really feel right. Well, at least silliness is a word. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what hooli booly is. I just made it up. Is that a Michigan thing? <laughs> Yeah, ask Jake Moody about it. It's big. Yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. I just kind of made that up. But I think the thing with Trey Lance that becomes very interesting to me is that if there's a lot of ifs here, okay? But if Brock Purdy is, in fact, healthy and the guy and, and good to go and Sam Darnold does look good and could fit in this office and can be QB2, you know, come the dra- trade deadline, something will happen between the beginning of the season and the trade deadline. Someone's going to get hurt or some, there's going to be a glaring need somewhere. Something will happen. And so a good Trey Lance off season and preseason behooves the 49ers because perhaps then that's when they would perhaps trade Trey Lance. I mean, I don't know that they're so probably a little bit shy about getting rid of any quarterbacks at this point, but I think something will happen. That's just football. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually kind of, it's, it's crazy to think about, but and just follow me on this for a second. I'm not comparing them as players, but the situations, a lot of the the conversations we're having about Trey Lance at at this time right now is very similar conversations we're having about Jimmy Garoppolo at this time last year, Mm -hmm. which it's not as blatantly obvious that they want to trade Trey Lance. They're not, you know, they're not shopping him like they were Jimmy Garoppolo, but he's, clearly been made available. It's, it, it, he could, John Lynch has said on the record, he could be had, it would take something substantial. Now that we're past the draft, we're probably past the, at least this part of the window. But to your point, there is another window that could open up here 
in training camp in the preseason, if there's an injury and, and those types of things. And, and it always comes back to trying to maximize value. And mm-hmm. at some set, in some ways you get to a point with guys where it becomes a sunk cost, right? Like keeping this guy just doesn't, isn't, isn't worth it anymore for us. Mm-hmm. That was never the case with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's probably never going to be the case, at least here in the next couple of years with Trey Lance, where you just give him away for nothing. And, and the 49ers aren't going to do that because both of those guys have always been more valuable to the 49ers than they have been to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Part of that, part of that is because of the injury issues. And a big part of that is because of the injury issues that they've had, but also because they know the system, they, you know, the, there's trust there, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if Trey Lance can ultimately get himself in a position where he's healthy and is a valuable commodity, 49ers are never going to get back what they gave up for Trey Lance. They know that, you know, that I know that all the listeners know that, but if they can just get something that they feel comfortable with getting, getting back for him, great. And if not, if he, if he gets back and ends up having to play and takes the job back, like, I don't think that's an outrageous scenario. I, I like, I don't yeah. like, like, how can you watch this team and watch these quarterbacks over the last six years? And think that anything is an outrageous scenario, there is, right? There's no such that, thing with this group. Right, right. Like, I mean, that is like the only the, the only bridge too far was like Josh Johnson wasn't gonna win the NFC championship game. Like that's the one thing that we kind of knew when it was when it when it happened. But um I don't think the 49ers would have any problems like as long as they come out of this some way or another through this season with one quarterback that they truly believe in who can mm-hmm. take them to a Super Bowl and win it. And that's really all, that's really all it is. It's these, these two ongoing searches for the last like 30 years where (laughs) they're looking for a franchise quarterback who can stabilize the position for 10 years and a six Super Bowl trophy. And those two things come together. And if they can make, if they can find one, they're probably going to find the other one because that's how good the shape the roster is in otherwise. And despite the conspiracy theories and what people might believe, they don't care who that person is. I mean, if that person is Trey Lance, they are happy for it to be Trey Lance. That person is Brock Purdy. They, that person is you, Nick Wagner. They are happy for it to be you. They need it to be somebody. And there's no, you know, Kyle doesn't hate this guy or this. It, they need it to be somebody. And it's whoever emerges as that person is who it's going to be. It doesn't matter. And you know what's, what's crazy is, is that in most places, if you gave up with the 49ers, gave up to go get Trey Lance, and then he didn't have success for whatever reason, if it was the injuries or he struggled or a combination or whatever, most of those coaches that did that and GMs that did that, they're getting fired. Right. That's not happening here. And the reason is because in this crazy world of 49ers quarterbacks that we live in, they found the last pick in the draft. They found a quarterback who can be a, a very good player for them in their system and potentially even better as he goes along. Now he still has to prove himself. It still is a small sample size, bigger than the sample size. Jimmy Garoppolo had when he signed the biggest contract in NFL history at the time, but it's still not a huge sample size. So that's the whole thing. It's always been about, can they find someone who can stabilize that position for the long term that Kyle Shanahan trusts and believes in, and that can win with a loaded roster around them, because that is how they've chosen to build this team. And, And I think, again, kind of zooming out and looking at the league as a whole, I think more teams are going to start looking at quarterbacks in a different way uh, instead of, Oh, this guy is proved that he's pretty good, pretty good, right? He's not great. He's not elite. He's not raising all ships, but he's pretty good. Are we going to sign him to a $40 million a year contract? 
I don't think so. I think more teams are going to start that middle class of quarterbacks is going to continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle right now. It's not that big. It's, it's Gino, it's mm-hmm. Jimmy, it's Derek Carr. There's not a lot of guys in that, uh, you know, in between 39 million a year, whatever it is, 35 million a year and say 20 million a year. Uh, so I think more teams are going to start looking at it and say, well, if we don't have Pat Mahomes, we don't have Joe Burrow. We don't have Josh Allen. We should, maybe we should just start, you know, we'll, we'll make an offer to this guy. And if he doesn't want to take it fine, we'll move on to somebody else who's going to be cheaper because um, the only other path to do that, you're not beating Pat having on a money. And then you have an average roster around him, but you at least have a shot against if you have that average quarterback who's making very little money and mm-hmm. has an excellent roster around. Well, and the Fort Irish really have proven they can win that way. No, they haven't won a Super Bowl, but it's not so easy to get to the cha- for, NFC Championship game all these years. And it's not so easy to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, when you get the, it, there's a reason there's one winner. There's a the reason. The NFL is hard. Is that what you're saying, Tracy? That is what I'm saying. And I oh, don't okay. want to sound like a cliche in a press conference after a game every week, but it's hard to win in this league just week after week. <laughs> it's hard it's- to win. But, but the reality is, it is. So I know that there are people who can who get upset, and but they haven't won the big one or whatever. But at the end of the day, like what they've done is it is working. It just yeah. it hasn't gotten to what they finally want, but there are a lot of reasons for that. And it is working. So it, okay. it is. And, and, you know, I think there's the 49ers plan hasn't been perfect. The way they've developed the, you know, Trey Lance has not necessarily been perfect. The way they've handled some of the quarterback stuff in the past hasn't been perfect. But they still had successful results on the field. And look, you know, people will say, you know, let's look at Marty Schottenheimer, for example. He was forever the standard of the coach who would have great regular seasons and then would just bow out, flame out in the first round of the playoffs. People talk about that all the time. This team's not doing that. They're winning playoff games. They're winning big games. You know, this year, this past year, I don't want to, I don't want to relitigate the NFC championship game. Like I've seen so much stuff. That's so silly about the NFC championship game. People talking about like, Oh, the Niners got gashed by the Eagles run game. Like, I mean, they're just so, like taking anything away from that game. Other than like the Eagles were a really good team. The 49ers were a really good team. One team had their star quarterback. The other team had no quarterback. Had no quarterback. And, and, and that's, and that's really it. That's really what it boils down to. I know maybe the Eagles win that game. Maybe the Niners win that game. Both teams were excellent. I don't know. But, but mm-hmm. trying to like glean anything from it doesn't mean anything to me. I, I, I do think that 49ers are still in a really good position here. I think they're getting close to the point where maybe they won't be in a good position soon and they need to jump through that window before it closes. And it really is just as simple as that. And I'm not saying anything that they're not saying to each other because they sure. know that as well as anybody. They're saying it to us. They've taught, they talked openly last year about the, you know, you know, they were, I remember the first day of training camp when they broke the huddle last year and they, they, you know, there's one, two, three championship or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, this is, there's no hiding it. And there's no reason to hide it because they've been on the doorstep. So now they just have to kick the door down. Samson Ebukam, I believe on the sec- first day of training camp, talked to us and said, we're just, we're thinking Super Bowl. That's, that's what we're thinking. And that's, and that's where they are. So with that, we head into OTAs. So exciting, really going to be so fun, but it is exciting. I mean, it, it's so funny with football because it just, it, everybody talks about this off season that doesn't really actually exist. And we do all of this talking and speculating and OTAs and mini camp and all the things. And it's still really a long time before anybody plays a football game. And that's when we really know what happens. But in the, in the meantime, all of this stuff is fun and gives us plenty to write about. 
Yeah, you know, OTAs is, is it's really not what it used to be, and I think that's why Kyle Shanahan like he almost just hates the offseason program because I think he feels like it's a sham, <laughs> and like like compared to what it used to be, like you just can't get much done, and so it is kind of this just like baseline level of of getting installs done, and that's pretty much it. Um, and that's why you'll see him like canceled mini camps and things like that at the end and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Good. But, but, uh, you know, I always think that if nothing else, like you can keep, you can get a gauge on where some injured guys were coming out of the season and see how who's healthy and who's not. Um, you can, you know, you can get a little bit more watching receivers and defensive backs because even without pads, at least it's a little bit more true to what real life is for those guys. And, and things like that. But um, yeah, the, the best part is honestly, and I think this is true for, for you. It's true for me. It's true for the team. It's true for the coaches. It's we're once OTAs arrive, it means we're so close to our summer vacation time. And, and that's really the thing that we all really just want to get to take that breather, recharge the battery, come back for training camp. And then the real fun begins. And Hey, the 49ers schedule, you know, schedules out now. Like they've got a, they've got a really interesting schedule. we got a lot of East coast, a lot of East coast trips that, that we're going to make to watch these guys this year. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, it's, it's all fun, but, and we're all looking forward to that, but we're, we're looking forward to vacation first. So we are looking forward to vacation a thousand percent, but I will ask you this before I let you go. What trip are you most looking forward to? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, we don't have the green briar this year, so the 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 answer that was definitely not going to be my answer isn't is still not the answer. Fair, uh, totally fair. That's a hey boy. I was you caught me off guard with that question. Um, you know, I think I might I think I might say Pittsburgh right out of the gate. Um, I just it's just you know the way the schedule rotates, the way it rotates, you don't get a lot of certain trips, right? Yeah. Like I, I've I've been to every NFL stadium now. I've covered a game at every NFL stadium, even the new ones now since we did Vegas and, and Atlanta last year. And I think I've only hit, I've been doing this for almost 20 years now. I think I've only been to Pittsburgh twice, once or twice. Okay. Okay. And so like Pittsburgh, New England, I haven't been to very many times. Um, you know, I know that's not on the schedule. I'm just saying like, yeah, Pittsburgh, I, I think, and, you know, Steelers and Steelers and Niners, that's about as, you know, uh, you know, legendary legacy franchises as it gets. So that's kind of fun. And, uh, yeah, Mike Tomlin, Mike Shanahan, or sorry, Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan. Oh, Mike Shanahan <laughs> would be great. That'd be a twist. <laughs> right. We're really good, really good friends. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and, and Mike go way back and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think I'm going to go Pittsburgh and, you know, Pittsburgh, I think Seattle obviously is always a favorite. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun one for Thanksgiving. I have to say though, Tracy, small complaint here. It's not a big I- deal. No, no one will care about this, but you, and which I appreciate. The one thing I haven't done in my career is cover a Thanksgiving game, like the day of Thanksgiving game. So mm-hmm. this year we get it, but I'm a little disappointed. And I love going to Seattle. As you know, my favorite restaurant in the world is in yeah. Seattle and, and I love Seattle, but I always wanted that Thanksgiving game to be one of the traditional ones, Detroit or Dallas. Right. And I still, I still haven't got to do that. I was really hoping, I know they didn't have it on schedule, but I was really hoping at some point we'd get, you know, Niners at Detroit or Niners at Dallas on Thanksgiving day. That'd be, a, that'd be so much fun. So I know beggars can't be choosers, but that's one of that's one on the, on the list of professional bucket list items that I still don't have. That's fair. There's still time. Maybe next year. Probably yeah, not. Maybe. Probably, yeah. probably not. No. But I do think Seattle will be cool. Uh, that will be, you know, such a rivalry and all of those fun things uh, on Thanksgiving day. I agree with you. For me, it's Pittsburgh. I'm still missing, I think, six NFL stadiums. One Ooh. of them being Pittsburgh. What else? 
So it's Pittsburgh, Cleveland, New England, the Meadowlands, Kansas City, and Buffalo. So I'm knocking two of them out this season. You've never done Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we know because in 2018, the one there were two games I couldn't go to. And and I that's never happened to me since, but that year it was kind of just beyond my control. Anyways, I couldn't go and I didn't go to that Kansas City game. Yeah. And then COVID, COVID took away most of those. The, yeah, the I would have had the Meadowlands, New England. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that was unfortunate. So I'm excited about that. But the only sad news that I hate to break to you on this podcast is that the Pirates are away that weekend. So we won't. I know. I, I, you didn't break it. Unfortunately, I already knew that. But uh, I, yeah, I, I've heard great things about that ballpark. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun to check out a game there, but that's all right. Um, yeah. Pittsburgh's a, Pittsburgh's a fun one. It's kind of a, a sneaky, cool city too. And yeah. uh their fans are super passionate. So it's always fun to go there. I, 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 I don't know that we're going to see the, the amount of red that we do in a lot of road stadiums uh, when we go, when we go to Pittsburgh for week one, but maybe I'll never, never underestimate the 49ers fan base. These, 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 these people are, are, uh, are super into it. And I, I always respect it. And we're going to really hit the great state of Pennsylvania quite a bit because we'll have Pittsburgh in September, Philadelphia in December, and we'll have been in Philadelphia this past January. So Really hitting the great state of Pennsylvania this year. So there's that. I don't know if that's that exciting, but we have that. For us, that's a lot of miles. It's a lot of miles and a lot of hotel points. <laughs> that's and for, for me, that's all, you know, that's really the most important thing. So I get that. Well, you guys, <laughs> thank you for joining me today. Nick, thank you for joining me. Where can everybody find you online? ESPN.com, ESPN television, ESPN radio, uh, all over the platforms and I guess Twitter too, but I, let's just be honest. I don't care that much about Twitter. So, but I'm there. going to confirm. He really does not. You guys, we are brought to you by, <laughs> <laughs> we are brought to you by vet line. We are brought to you by FIVO. You can find me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. You can find the brand on Instagram at fangirl sports network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.